As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Russell Talk Podcast. I am Chopper Pete Quinnell, your jam that champion. I'm joined by my intangible co-host, that bitch, your Quizlemania champion, Tempest the Wrestler. How you doing, Tempest? That dumb bitch today. Oh, God. <laughs> not, I'm not happy. I'm not happy mm. with my morning, I'll be honest. So This has never just, happened to me before. Just real quick, I'm just going to say... Uh, the very start of the show, the first 10 minutes or, or so, once we get into the main show, is just going to be me for the show. We're actually recording these uh, podcast intros and outros after the show. Uh, why, why is it just me for the first 10 minutes, Tempest? Because I set my alarm for this morning, and it did not go off. Mm. And I was up quite late last night, as I'm one to do on Friday nights, because most of my work involves me staying up late to review mm -hmm. Rampage and then write the new script for the morning. And it just, just decided it wasn't going to wake me up in time for this podcast. And it pisses me off because that has never happened to me before. And I wanted to keep that track record pristine. Mm -hmm. You know, there's been a couple times where it's getting like close to recording time for the intros and outros and you're not there. And I'm like, maybe sleeping in. Maybe I'll just have to do like a solo show. What would I do if I'm just going to talk by myself for a while? What's going to happen? But then you always turn up and I'm like, oh, okay, it's fine. I'm just overthinking. But then today it got to like quarter two when we normally record. And I was like, he's still not here. Okay, it's a bit late, but you know, maybe he's tired. That's fine, whatever. Got to about 10 to and I was like, I think he's slept in. <laughs> I think it's going to be a solo show. <laughs> I, I literally uh, looked up. I was like, have like the clocks changed? Is like, is that a thing that's happened uh, between like the UK and Canada so that we're at different time zones now? Is that like a thing? No, that's not till November. Um, so yeah, it was, it was fun. So the first 10 minutes of the show are just going to be me chatting until, until Tempest gets here, but that's fine. It's whatever. It's a bit of fun. It's no biggie. Um, aside from the alum not going off, how you doing, man? Fine, I suppose. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I, like I feel like not a whole lot changes with my life between the podcasts now because mm -hmm. I have to do more of them. Well, with AEW and and whatnot. Uh, yeah, not a whole lot going on. Just work. 
yeah. and just keeping busy that way. Sports have, have made me depressed again, but mm-hmm. that's nothing new considering where I live. So yeah. hanging in there. Nice. Got any plans for the weekend? I feel like I did, but I also don't remember. Like, I feel like I told someone that I would do something on Saturday. And now it's Saturday. And I was like, what was it that I said? I don't know. So mm-hmm. maybe maybe I'll, like, reach out to the people I've talked to this week and be like, did we make plans for today? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Really um, on top of things today, as you can tell. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I've got a really fun story. I say Ooh. fun. It's not very fun. But I've got it's a story. story. Uh, yeah, it's a story, uh, which I will I'll, I'll say in the outro. Uh, but for now, let's get into talking about SmackDown to start with, where it was the first night of the draft last night. So the first thing that I and then eventually we talk about uh, is about the New Day being split up again for reasons unknown. Let's talk about it. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Hi. It's uh, it's just me, apparently, today. Uh, I don't know if I've not got the right mic on. I haven't even checked it. It is the right mic. That's good. Um, I haven't got any word from Tempest today. I'm going to assume he's just overslept and isn't here. So it's a solo show today. Maybe Tempest will turn up. At some point, maybe Tempest will turn up. I don't know. But for now, it's the me show today, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> this was not part of the plan, but that's okay. I'm just going to have fun chatting with you guys, right? Get in your ultra chats at wrestletalk.com forward slash support. And I'll read out all the ones that are five bucks and up by the time the show goes off the air. Let's talk about SmackDown. Let's talk about the draft, hey? Let's do that. Sorry, it's just I haven't heard from him. I hope he's okay. Um, so hopefully he's just like I don't know, slept through his alarm or something. I don't know. We'll we'll see. Anyway, <clears throat> so welcome to the Russell Talk podcast. SmackDown. It was. It's time for the draft. Everyone loves a draft, don't they? Drafts are very fun. Um. This one was a little bit weird to me because they didn't really have the rules in place until, what, a couple days ago? Or like yesterday? No, it's Friday, right? It was Friday. They had the rules, they had the rules in place. And they said half of the half of the roster is going to be drafted on Smack uh, eligible to be drafted on SmackDown. Half of it uh eligible to be drafted on Raw on Monday. Makes total sense. So Who's in these pools? Who could possibly be drafted on each show? We don't know because they haven't told us. So that information is apparently not available to us. Okay. And these picks only come into effect the night after Crown Jewel. So they're not in immediate effect. And I also think that makes sense to have them do the, uh, have them come into effect the night after the next big show. So they've still got a, uh, so they've still got time to build their next big show, do all the storylines they're going to do, tie off those loose ends, and then everyone can move uh, over to their to their respective shows. I think that makes sense. Cool. All good. 
It's where it gets a bit weird. I'm just, I'm just going to go through all the picks that happen now. I'm just going to list them all off um, of all, all of the, the champions here. And then we'll... Uh, oh, oh, the champions. Sorry, I'm half reading the chat, half looking at my notes. Uh, all of the picks that happened in the draft. And then I'll go through and I'll talk about like my, my thoughts on them because I've got some stuff to say about the New Day. So we started off first pick with Roman Reigns for SmackDown. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I get that. Travel Chief. Second pick for Raw, Big E. Also makes sense. Top champion, all good. Like it. Next pick for SmackDown, Raw Women's Champion Charlotte Flair. Oh, big deal. Raw champion going over to SmackDown. I don't hate it in theory. Uh, it's a good pick. You know, it's a big name. It's reasonable that she's picked this early in the draft. Uh, Raw champion going over to SmackDown. Raised some question marks for the triple threat, which we got confirmation of, of Becky versus Bianca versus Banks at Crown Jewel, because maybe one of the uh, maybe one of the other ladies uh, is going to beat Becky and go over to Raw with it. We'll have to see on Monday. Like, there's some question marks around that right now, which I think is good, especially because Bianca then immediately got picked for Raw. So you could think maybe Bianca's going to win the belt back, maybe by pinning Banks, protecting Becky. And then Bianca can go over to Raw with the Raw with the SmackDown Women's Championship, and then Charlotte has the Raw one on SmackDown, and then they swap, and everything's back to normal, right? Or maybe Banks goes over to Raw with Bianca. Who knows, right? So so far so good. Really like those picks. Second round of picks: SmackDown, Drew McIntyre. Good, like that. Drew needs a, a fresh coat of paint. He's getting a bit stale on Raw. SmackDown, perfect place for him. Like it. Raw then gets RK Bro. Great, good picks. Love it. Um, Raw Tag Team Champions, they're great. SmackDown then gets Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. But Biggie's on Raw, I hear you say. Yeah. And Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods got picked to SmackDown. Why? Why would you do that? For we we did this on the draft last year, or Two years ago, whenever it was that they they did the uh, the last draft. Why? Because you can pick a whole faction as one pick, as we saw later. Hit Row got drafted from NXT to SmackDown, so you can pick like four people in one go. Why didn't you pick the New Day as one pick? It might be a little bit more reasonable this time because maybe, 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 I still don't buy this as, a, as an explanation, but and I'll explain why in a second. Maybe because he's the WWE champion, he counts as his own solo pick. You can't pick the WWE champion as part of a faction. Maybe that's an unwritten rule that they just haven't said to us. Why then can the NXT North American champion be drafted as part of a faction? That rule don't make no sense right there. It just... I don't know, man. It's really dumb. I don't. Uh, e has just rejoined the new day, and I saw on the community tab post for this earlier on one of the community tab posts on the Rest of Rest of Podcast channel. Um, I saw someone be like, "I'm um, actually Peter. They never actually officially got back together." And piss off! <laughs> like he went, he went back to Raw. He cashed in his money in the bank on Raw. Won Raw's top title. They've been teaming together on Raw. Biggie had essentially. Without, yes, technically being official, he'd moved to Raw. Everyone knew he was going to go to Raw after this draft. They had the option to reunite the New Day by putting Kingston and Woods on Raw with Big E. And they didn't. They chose not to do that. For no reason. For absolutely no reason at all. 
I think they are so... WWE are so conditioned for the heel heat, you know? It's all about the heel heat. All, always got to get the heel heat. That they've now lost sight of what they're building heel heat for. Splitting up the New Day, heel heat. For who? The Fox and USA execs? Like, <laughs> it wasn't even Pierce and DeVille that were making these picks. It's the Fox and, and USA Network executives that make these picks. So I don't... Why? Why would you split them up? They're literally... They're literally better together than they are separate. And I love them all separately. Biggie's fantastic on his own. Kofi's great on his own. Woods is great on his own. Together, they're even better. I just... I, ju I, ju I, just, I just don't get it. I just don't understand. Raw then picked Edge. Good pick. Makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Love, love it. I just don't understand splitting up New Day. What's the point of any of it? It's just, why do you hate your fans? That, that announcement got booed by the crowd. They booed the New Day getting drafted because they just wanted to see the New Day together again. That's the point. And I've seen a theory, a common theory, especially with the storyline that played out on the rest of the show, that Paul Heyman is going to fail to get the Usos drafted to SmackDown. The Usos will get drafted to Raw, and Roman's going to pull his weight and try and trade the New Day for the Usos and have them, have them switch as part of the story so that the Usos come back to SmackDown and the New Day go back to Raw. And then you have those three uh, the two trios reunited on their individual shows. I really like that as a story idea. I think that's great. I have zero faith that that is what WWE is doing because they haven't earned my trust. At all. I, if that's a story they're telling, fair play to them. And, you know, people can say, I told you so, when that time comes. I have no faith that, no faith that that's what they're doing right now. Hey-ho. Next round of picks, SmackDown got Corbin and Madcap Moss. His second got named on this show uh, of Madcap Moss. Madcap. Not Mad Cat, which is what I thought it was. Mad Cap Moss. Raw then got Rhea Ripley and Nikki A.S.H., Women's Tag Team Champions. SmackDown then got Hit Row, which I was happy for, for a couple of reasons. Uh, Hit Row, great. Love them. They're awesome. Um, Happy for them to be drafted to SmackDown. That's great. I'm really glad they went to SmackDown. They go to the show that I review, so I get to review them. I love Hit Row. They're awesome. I'm slightly worried that they're going to sanity them. and They just like don't use them for a bit, and then when they do use them, they're like, eh, you know? Fingers crossed. They will do okay, though. And then Raw got Keith Bearcat Lee. Like that. Last round of picks on this show. SmackDown got Naomi. Cool. Oh, would you look who's here, everybody. It's Tempest. <laughs> hey, bud. This is why you don't trust Apple to do your stupid alarm in the morning. <laughs> hey, bud. <sighs> Welcome to the show. How about that draft, huh? How about that draft, huh? Hey, so, I mean, I've gone through somebody... I've gone through the vast majority of it. I'll just finish them off. SmackDown got Naomi. Raw then got the Mysterio. SmackDown got Jeff Hardy. And Raw got Austin Theory from NXT. That was all the picks. All right. Tempest. Yeah. New Day getting split up. What the hell, man? 
They hate their fans. They do, don't they? This is, like, I was kind of whatever about a lot of the picks on this show. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them, like, a lot of the picks were just, they go to the same brand. So it was like, okay, whatever. This is the one where I was like, why? Yeah. Why? Show me a reason why after, like, three weeks, we need to break up the New Day again. I don't get it, and I haven't heard a good reason for it uh, either. No. Um, as I was saying before you joined, um, it's it's like they've become so conditioned to build to build heel heat that they've forgotten what they're building heel heat for. <laughs> like this isn't this isn't building yeah. to anything. This isn't heel heat for anyone or anything. It's just a, a thing that they're doing for some reason. It's so strange to me. Um, but hey ho, whatever. Um, most of the other picks I thought were fine. It was just the rules were very muddy. Like they explained them twice. Uh, on like constantly throughout the show, but it was just a bit weird. It's like, well, half get this show, half get the other show. Makes sense. The changes come into effect after Crown Jewel. Makes sense. You build to your next big show, tie off all the stories that they've got, and then people go their separate ways. Cool. All good. I'm I'm fine with that. That's okay. But they don't have any visible draft pools, so you don't know who's eligible to go on each yeah. show. So you have no barometer for what sort of picks have been made. And then it goes like halfway through the show, and I'm like, Becky still hasn't been picked yet. What the hell? And then I was like. I guess she's part of the raw draft pool. I don't know though whether she is or not. It was just, it's just very confusing for a lot of fans to not know who's eligible. That's the, the key element to all of this that they really needed to know, and they just didn't do. Just yeah, weird. I spent the whole show going, "You're picking Corbin before AJ Styles. You're <laughs> yeah. picking this person before AJ Styles." Yeah, yeah, I didn't get it, you know. And I will be perfectly honest, I don't like this format of drafting i think going back to the like lottery show all the faces popping up on the name and then wow here's who's drafted i think that's a lot more engaging of a style than just we're gonna redraft the entire roster and half of them are gonna go back to the same uh brand that they were on before the draft so all those just kind of feel like wasted picks or a waste of time at least and it means that before the matches on the show meant something because you were fighting for draft picks, you know? So he's like, Oh, who's going to win the next draft pick? No, makes me want to watch here. It's like, okay, we get two minutes of draft and half of that time is a waste of time anyway. And then we wait around for something else. Interesting on this show, which on the, in this case, the first 70 minutes included eight minutes of wrestling. So. <laughs> yeah. It sure was a show, huh? Um, but like the draft in theory is fine. I think drafts are exciting. I think there is a purpose to a draft, especially when you have two distinct brands like this. A draft can work in theory. You just have to execute it right. And I just don't think they do very often at all. Um, I just I just don't get split on the new day. Why you got to do it? I just don't get no it. Idea. What's the point? Why? Why are you doing that? I don't know, man. Hey, we get Kingston and Woods on SmackDown. That's great. That means we get to review him cool but like yeah sure i don't know man um anyway let us know what you thought of the first night of the draft and what's gonna happen on raw and then this is the other thing all right we'll get into ultra chats in a second here <laughs> and another okay. thing and another thing right <laughs> this on the show the 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 halves of the roster seems so weird because it seems so transparent that they're doing this last minute and they haven't thought stuff through and it's so rushed because you have 
both men's top champions were eligible on this show, and also the Raw women's champion, but not United States, not Intercontinental, not SmackDown women's either, or the SmackDown tag team champions. And it's like, who's splitting this roster? Why is it so arbitrary as to who's in what half? And you could say it's completely random and all that stuff. But when we don't know who's on each half, having some sort of clarity to be like, okay, so it's the Universal Champion, the Raw Women's Champion, the you know the United States, and the SmackDown Tag Team. It's like, okay, and then the inverse of that is on Raw. Okay, cool, that makes total sense. But there just seems to be no consistency between anything on this show. It was just, it's very confusing overall. Um, yeah. For people, for, again, if you switch your brain off, and just look at it completely superficially and don't think about it for two seconds, I'm sure it's fun. But you think about it for two seconds and it all falls apart. Yeah, I don't I don't even know. Cause like I was looking forward to this SmackDown just because, like, oh, it's a draft. That should be fun. It's you know, it's exciting. It's something different. Yeah. It's something besides what we're used to. And I was watching it and I was even like, it's just kind of boring. You know, the presentation of how they do it just isn't that engaging anymore, where they're just like, and the first pick is Roman Reigns, and the second pick is so-and-so, and the third, and I'm just like, okay, like, it's just not terribly exciting, and then mm -hmm. half of the picks are not super interesting anyway, mm -hmm. you know? I don't know, the draft part of this whole show did not grab me at all. No. And... <laughs> The people who aren't drafted just get to pick whatever show they want to go on. So really what you want is to not be drafted because then you just get to pick, which is what everyone would want. So you don't want to be drafted out of this. <laughs> oh, Lord. It's just a bit dumb, isn't it? A little bit. No, it's fine. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.
uh, let's get into <laughs> let's get into um, some of your old chats. WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Uh, get them in and we'll read all the ones that are five bucks and up by the time the show goes off the air. Anthony Velasquez says, I could not stand that Rollins segment. We'll get onto that in a little bit. Too many sure things will. make no sense. If nobody was home, why is Edge and, Be- Edge and Beth's front door unlocked? Good question, that. Yeah. Yeah. If they were home and it was unlocked, maybe I might kind of mm-hmm. understand. Because, you know, yeah. that, that's a Canadian thing. We, sure. we will just kind of have our doors unlocked when we're home. But yeah. when no one's home? Mm-mm. Mm. Uh, Alpaca, Asian, uh, Alpaca Nation 87 says, uh, how long until WWE pulls the later WCW Vince Russo move of hard resetting everything, stripping the titles and starting from scratch? Because to me, that's the only way to make anything make sense again. Pure rubbish. I don't like doing that ever. No, no. Ever. Because you because you're kind of just admitting that everything sucks at that point. You're like, hey guys, we've messed up, and I know they've done that 17 times already at this point in, in history. But that's them outwardly just saying, all right, you know what, everything does suck right now, and we're just going to make it good. Yeah, they don't, but you know that's the theory behind it anyway. I didn't even like it when our own Adam Blompier put it into his fantasy booking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's like I don't, I don't know. know I, just, I just don't. I just. I'm not a fan of being like, okay, everything we've done has been terrible, but now it's going to be good. So we're yeah. starting fresh. She's like, ah, nah. Yeah. It would make sense if they had like a, a, an off season or like a season break or something along those lines, some sort of definitive endpoint. But because it's one continuous history, it doesn't work for me. Uh, ben Crossley says, uh, can't wait for the inevitable six-man tag match where they announce the team of rated RK Bro SmackDown having both women's titles taking a page out of Adam Adam's Monpier Night Raw. <laughs> Would love to see Brock's canonical contract rules don't apply, money in the bank slash drafts, etc. There's a lot of things in there. Um, yeah, rated, rated RK, RK Bro. bro. That, I don't that, hate it. I can't, I'm kind of into that. I was sad to see Edge go to Raw, but... I was and I wasn't, because... <laughs> I mentioned this in my edited review. Did you know that since he's returned in January 2020, Edge has feuded with three people? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Show's bad, Pete. Randy Orton, Roman Reigns, and Seth Rollins. Yeah. That's it. That's all he's done since January. I know he had an injury in there, all right, before you get on my case. I know there was an injury in there. But even so, three people. Three yeah. people in nearly two years. That's whew. see. I don't Not think going to RAW is going to fix that problem. Though. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that either. But maybe it's something different. At least, even if it's three more people in the next two years, you know, at least it's three different people. That's something. I don't know. Daniel Bryan kind of sorta, but he was feuding with Roman Reigns, and then Daniel Bryan got added to it. So it was like a half yeah. rivalry. You never Three had a, a single match with Daniel Bryan. No. Three and a half feuds, I'd say. Sure. Um, Brian Moore says, Pete Quinnell show, call it Chop of the Hour. Hey. hey. Uh, also, Smackdown, Smackdown having two heel factions. Don't see this ending well. Also, another protective mask gimmick. Yay. That is their new favorite thing at the minute, isn't it? Goodness me. It sure is. It sure also, is. It's also rubbish. Oh my god, Carmella's one is not good. <laughs> we'll talk about that more later. 
CJ Thornton, I feel like if they didn't have so many brand-specific titles, they wouldn't necessarily need the draft so people can go wherever they want. You know, like 2014, when it was good. Was it good in 2014? No, it was not. I mean, Daniel Bryan was good. There have been good moments throughout mm. the years, but I will maintain the WWE programming as a whole has not been good for like 12 years. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, probably longer than that, honestly. Like 13 yeah. years, maybe. Nathan Schultz says, uh, waiting for Vince to try, excuse me, waiting for Vince to try and be hip with Hip Row like he was with Booker T. Oh, no. Uh, not that. I never want to see Vince that. on TV again. No, I think his time has <laughs> now passed, and I think at least he realizes that, that his yeah. time has now passed as a TV character. And Tails P says, uh, did Liv win by countdown, or did the match just end? The match never started. Yeah. So, yeah, Oof. there you go. Oof, indeed. Uh, we'll get into the rest of your Ultra Chats here later. For now, let's talk about the rest of this show. Uh, we had the first round of draft bits to kick things off. And then we had Roman Reigns come out. And the explanation that I was waiting for, the thing that intrigued me the most about this SmackDown wasn't the draft, is the explanation of Extreme Rules and to see where they were going to go with the whole rope break spot. Is this going to be like Roman taking on a new part of his character? Going to be like, hey man, it's the I'm the head of the table, the Samoan dynasty living on, the previous generations of the Samoan dynasty looking over me. No, it was Pat McAfee on commentary going, it must have been the gods above. And that's it. It's all you need. Yeah, I'm really sad about the whole Finn Balor thing, because yep. actually, actually, if you had built up the Demon Finn Balor cha challenging Roman Reigns, this Roman Reigns for the Universal title at like Survivor Series or the Royal Rumble, I think that would have been a really big deal. Mm. But they put it on a stupid B-level pay-per-view and then we got that finish. And it yeah. just, it feels like such a waste beating the demon like that. 100%. It's a waste beating the demon anyway, but it's especially a waste beating the demon like that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Paul Heyman called Roman Reigns the suplex assist. It's a good name. Like that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Brock Lesnar is here. They fight. Lesnar gets the upper hand. And F5's the Usos. I then wrote, that was a segment. It was. It wasn't enough of the, the Roman Reigns, Usos, Paul Heyman thing to make me love it. But I mean, it was like, it was fine. It was, it was fine. a service, serviceable segment with Brock Lesnar looking like Brock Lesnar does, which always makes me smile. It was your bog standard brawl into beatdown segment, babyface standing tall at the end. Mm -hmm. That one. Yep. Uh, Charlotte Flair is backstage after she's been drafted to SmackDown and she says she's now on SmackDown. Woo. All right. Oh boy, uh, Charlotte's here. I'm not. I'm not excited. I just start reviewing I'm not Charlotte. Either. That's the thing. I think. I think we've said on a podcast at some point that we both acknowledge that Charlotte Flair is a very talented performer, and that is yeah. like objective, and you can't argue it. Mm -hmm. But I don't have fun watching Charlotte on TV. No, I don't either. I'm not into her as a performer. I know she's objectively very good. Just doesn't connect with me. That's yeah. all. 
Uh, we've got a recap of Happy Talk. And then we got Kevin Owens versus Happy Corbin with Madcap Moss. Not Mad Cat, which is what I thought it was. Madcap. Madcap Moss with a P. <sighs> I called it last week. Having a second make Cor- makes Corbin's character worse. Because in classic WWE fashion, I mentioned this in my edited review as well. They've taken one small aspect of Happy Corbin's character, which is laughing, and now they've made that the entire gimmick. What it's, is it with them and laughing? I don't know. It's Madcap Moss coming out, doing unfunny jokes, interfering in the match, and then those two literally falling over each other to laugh at each other. I Absolute go-away heat instantly from me. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. Poor, poor Kevin Owens. Poor I mean, Kevin Owens. He, I don't know this, but he's got to be leaving, right? I mean, like that. That's been the the rumor that you know his contract is coming up. It feels like they're giving him the Dean Ambrose treatment. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, his contract expires in January, supposedly. So, Kevin Steen's way to help you confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Corbin won decisively in this match. Hit two end of days, one on the outside, one in the ring, and then one. Was like, all right, cool. Yeah, yep. fine, whatever. Um, I, I said Corbin is going to win via interference from Moss, or it will be a DQ. Either way, I don't care. That was that was my notes while while doing this match. So yeah, that checks out. Yeah, uh, we got the second round of draft picks. Uh, Drew backstage says he's going to go for the Universal Championship. All right. And then we got Edge coming out to the ring. Um, he uh, the, he came out, ad break, recap of Edge and Rollins, recap of Rollins promo, and then Edge does a promo. Pacing. Um, mm-hmm. He uh, does... Sorry, I was half reading my notes and talking about the three people that he's feuded with. Um he did a promo just saying, uh, I'm going to speak to Seth. Bah, 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 bah. I didn't like what he said. I'm going to come out, Seth, and I'll tell you what you want to hear or whatever. Rollins pops up on the Tron, and he's actually at Edge's house. And I was like, oh, okay. This is this is different. This is new. I'm, I'm into this. Um, Edge then was like, oh, no, he's at my house. So he ran out the ring and presumably went to go get his phone, which we saw him on later. Cool. Seth, meanwhile, goes to the house, goes inside, doors unlocked. Uh oh. Starts calling out for Beth Phoenix. And I was like, ooh, you know, this could be a fun little segment if Seth's there, just like terrorizing Beth and the kids kind of thing. It's proper, like, dick move from Seth. This could be quite entertaining. No one was there in the house. So Seth just kind of came in and was having a really good time just doing nothing. He was kind of yeah. walking around the house ate an apple, drank some orange juice, put his feet up on the table, saw drawings from the kids and went, oh, that's bad. Saw the bags and went, that's cute. And then went into the living room, sat down on a seat and turned on the fireplace. And then it cut to Edge, who said, don't come home. I'm going to send over David and Daniel. Ho ho, insiders. I felt felt like I was like the only person that got that. (laughs) Yeah. You know, for a minute at least. Because yeah. David and Daniel, for those who are unaware, are the mm. real life names of Dax Harwood 
and Cash Wheeler, FTR from AEW, who Edge is close with and also live in North Carolina. Yeah, so... Smart. Fact check! <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then that was it. We didn't go back to that for the rest of the show. That was the whole thing. And it took so long. Yeah. It took forever of Seth just dicking around in the house. And what was this? Why? Okay. If Seth went to the house to find Beth and the kids to terrorize them or just be a dick or whatever to them, and they weren't there, surely Seth's plan would have then failed because that's what he wanted to do. And he wasn't expecting to find Edge there because he knew that Edge was going to be at SmackDown. That was the point, right? He was going to go to the house while Edge wasn't there so he could terrorize Beth, right? But they weren't there, and he was still really happy. And then Edge said, oh, no, he's at home. He's, re- uh, he's scaring me. Like, don't go home. What's happening next week? I don't get what, what the... what Who's over? Is, it, is anyone... Seth just committed a crime of breaking and entering mm. and was filmed doing so. <laughs> I, huh. This was just See, there's... rubbish, wasn't it? Yeah, there's a number of like lines of thought here. Like it, every so often, they're in WWE. They're just like crime. Here is like <laughs> unarguable crime: breaking yeah. and entering, attempted murder, whatnot. And you're just kind of supposed to forget about it, sort of, because they are like, "Oh, call the cops!" But hey, forget about it. Who are you, Tony D'Angelo? Yeah, but at the same time, he didn't like do anything interesting he didn't really <laughs> yes. he, once he broke in he just kind of walked around the house for a bit you know if it was me scripting the show you go in and you can kind of go around doing the same thing but you go up and you're just like oh look at those look at those drawings that are done you know what they're terrible they can do better like tear one up yes dickhead exactly. tearing up the kids drawing go over Take the, the apple core and put it in the kid's uh, backpack or something. Mm. You know, yeah. just like, ah, I'm done with this. Boom. You know, be be a dick. You know, yeah. if Edge walked around John Cena's house in 2006 and just walked around and be like, hmm, look at these family pictures and then left without slapping his dad, that'd be a really lame segment. Yeah. And it also wasn't like 10 minutes long oh, God, of him just so walking long. around. And it was... Oof. I'm just baffled by it. I'll be honest. And it was like, he saw the big family portrait photo. I was like, okay, now we're getting to the actual angle of this whole thing. Big family portrait. He's obviously going to destroy it. And he didn't. Instead, he sat down and found a remote and turned on the fireplace. Yeah. All right. He might still be there. Might have slept there. I was going to say, I wonder if they're going to do next week. They're going to have a thing like, well, last week we saw, Hold on, sorry, I need to do the serious voice. Last week we saw the dastardly actions of Seth Rollins breaking <laughs> into to Edge's house in, uh, in North Carolina. Luckily, none of his family were there. Um, this is what happened after the show went off the air, and it will be like last week, and it will show like what happened in the aftermath after the show went off the air. Edge had managed to go back there or something, and we just won't have seen any of it happen on the show. I guess. I don't know. Whatever. Um, or maybe just Edge will turn up next week and Seth will just be there. He's <laughs> just, yeah. just been there for a week. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Um, we were then supposed to get Carmella versus Liv Morgan. Match didn't get underway. 
because Liv attacked her just before the bell started, come out and gets out of the ring and says, oh, you've, that's the last chance you'll get to break my face because she's got a mask now that she puts on and it looks proper rubbish. It looks uh, dumb and it's not even like the hard plastic thing that like Brandon Cutler wears. It's like a, a silicone face mask. You could yeah. still break your nose. Someone punched you in the face with that thing. Yeah, it it looks like a bad luchador mask, or luchadora, I guess in her case. It looks like she has one of them like face masks, like the mm. the one that you apply for like your pores and stuff. Yeah, but it's just like strapped to her face and not applied. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's got a sparkly El Santo mask, but worse. Is what it was. It was rubbish. Yeah. She then she then attacked um, Liv Morgan, hits the finished thing that she does, the the face buster, and that was that. I guess we won't get that match for some reason. It's fine. Just again, just You've don't think it about it. Twelve times already. Yeah, I was gonna say. Also, yeah, why were they even fighting in the first place? Again, just don't think about it. Just don't think about yeah. it. Just don't don't think about it for two seconds, and you'll be fine. Third round of draft picks happened, and then we got an eight-man tag of New Day in the Street Profits versus Ziggler and Rude in Alpha Academy. And as always in WWE, big multi-man match. It's fun. It is fun. Although, this is the bit where I was like, just follow your own rules, because they're like, oh, the draft picks don't go into, into effect until after Crown Jewel. Why is the New Day on this show? Why is Charlotte <laughs> Flair at the end of this show? It's like, well, the, ru- the rules apply until they don't. Until they don't. And very quickly, I want to make a point about one of the draft picks that went into this round here when Hit Row got drafted to SmackDown, Mm -hmm. where I feel two ways about it. One means we still get to talk about Hit Row, which is a positive. Two, I do not want to ever hear any geeks on Wednesdays tell me that, ooh, NXT is a developmental show, blah, blah, blah. They do not give a shit about development. I'm sorry, I love all the members of Hit Row, but B-Fab has had two matches. Top Dollar has had a few matches. If you have two people that still need development, it's them two, and they're on the main roster already. So, okay, that's fair. If that's the way you're going to do it, because realistically, what's the difference between NXT and the main roster at this point? But do not tell me that that... (laughs) is a developmental show as an excuse for it being bad. Yeah. Also, they called her Fab B. Fab B. Good job. Maybe that's like her legal name. You gotta like (laughs) do last name first or something. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly that. Um, But yes, the eight-man tag was fun. New Day got the win. Sure, whatever. Last round of draft picks happened. We then had Jeff Hardy backstage uh, who was about to be interviewed, but then Brock Lesnar walks in and he goes, I, I'm a head out and just walked off. Um, <laughs> I concede my time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which was a good little moment. That was fine. Um, and uh, Brock Lesnar does a little thing. And this is when it got really interesting. All right. Because, okay, if you think about all of this and if you don't think about any of the details involved, this sounds like it's a really cool thing that's happening, right? <clears throat> so Brock Lesnar says, I'd like to thank my good friend, Paul Heyman, for me now being a free agent, which means I get to do what I want to do. Thanks, Paul. And walks off. Cuts. Hard cuts to... Well, doesn't hard cut. Dissolve cuts. To Roman Reigns and the Usos and Paul Heyman backstage. Paul is cowering <laughs> in the corner. <laughs> he is distraught. Like, 
hand over the ice. He's like, I can't believe he just said that. And Reigns was just like, good friend, Paul Heyman, huh? And I was like, oh, this is great stuff. This is really, really fun. <clears throat> and he's basically, he's doing the classic Roman Reigns manipulation. Uh, Paul Heyman just absolutely cowering. And he's just like, are we good friends, Paul? And Paul's just like, you're my tribal chief. And he says, well, you know, if we're good friends, that means you're looking out for me, you're looking out for my family. With you so drafted on this show. And he's like, you know they're they're they're, they're going to be drafted on Monday. It's all part of the it's all part of the part of the plan. I've got the 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 things. It's all part of the manipulation. It's got everything in place. And he's just like, all oh, right, yeah. He goes, I'm I'm the wise man. And he goes, oh, you're the wise man. You're the wise man, are you? <laughs> he thinks he's the wise man. here. you're the wise man when I say you're the wise man. It was like, holy shit. Okay, <laughs> this is great. Um, I was having a great time. Um, and he he demands that Heyman goes to Raw to. Make sure that the Usos are drafted to SmackDown. And then after he leaves, and the way that he gets Heyman to leave is just staring at the door. Great little touch. Then tells the Usos, make sure you go with him to Raw uh, to make sure you get drafted to SmackDown. And if you don't, leave him for dead on Raw. I was like, man, those are two really good back-to-back segments. And then I thought about it for about five seconds and I went, wait a second. <laughs> there were some issues with this. The acting was all fantastic. I thought everyone played their role absolutely fantastically in this. But it don't really make no sense. And here's why. <clears throat> so, uh, first off, actually, let's just get your thoughts, Tempest. What did you think of the segment? And then I'll explain my issues with it. I, I mean, I still kind of loved it just because it was the only thing on this show that made me feel anything. <laughs> You know, I love the whole Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman, Usos dynamic right now. I love the performances that everyone gave Paul Heyman looking like he's about to just burst into tears at any moment in this segment was just fantastic. But I don't really understand what's happening. Kind of like what you're about to get into, I think. Yeah, probably. So first off, there's the minor stuff. Brock Lesnar saying, I'm a free agent, so I can do what I want. It's like. No, you can't. You just get to pick what brand you go on to. You can't just go everywhere. It's not how free agents work, according to the rules that they outlined at the start of the show. But that's a very minor one. That's fine. Um, <laughs> so Roman asks Heyman, hey, have the Usos been drafted on this show? And Heyman's like, oh, no, don't worry. It's all it's all part of the part of the plan that we've got that they're going to be drafted on Monday. And it's like, wait, what? What plan? Why is Reigns asking if they've been drafted on the show? Are they part of the draft pool on this show? Because if they haven't been drafted and they're on the draft pool for this show, then they're now free agents, as Brock Lesnar has just so eloquently explained. Or they've got to be part of the draft pool for Monday, which means that Reigns would know that they couldn't have been drafted on this show. So why is he asking Heyman if they've been drafted on this show? Because then that wouldn't be possible. But then they clearly can be drafted on Monday. So what's Reigns getting pissy about? Um, this is where not, not knowing the draft pools, like it's better for the sake of surprises, but for the sake of actually planning out a story for the show, it just doesn't make sense, you yeah. know? Uh, <laughs> so then he tells the Usos to go with Heyman to make sure that they get drafted to SmackDown, which makes sense. Rain still wants the Usos around, right? Why doesn't he want Heyman to... I mean, I can kind of understand this one. But if Heyman has the pull to apparently make it so that USA and Fox don't draft Brock Lesnar, 
<laughs> the biggest name they could possibly draft, Heyman somehow has some kind of pull with USA and Fox to make sure that Brock Lesnar stays a free agent. Surely he can do that for the Usos, and the Usos can just pick to go to SmackDown, because again, if you're not drafted, you can just pick where you want to go. Why not do that? Why make sure that he definitely gets drafted to SmackDown? And I get that maybe Roman wants the control, so he doesn't give the Usos the option to go against him. But like, there's been no inclination that they would do anything against him. So why wouldn't they just do that? I'm just... It was so close to being good. And I'm just like, ah, you've just fallen down on your own rules here. I maintain, I don't think these draft rules make a lot of sense. No. No. Uh, yeah. Oh, well. It's just weird. Uh, but the acting was fantastic. And also, I've seen so many people on the edited review, on my Twitter, on my being like, oh, you're overthinking these segments too much. I'm, I'd counterpoint that by saying, no, I'm thinking about this. <laughs> That's very yeah. different. Um. We then got the main event of Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks, a WrestleMania rematch, uh, which was actually supposed to happen at SummerSlam, but you know, whatever. Becky was on commentary, which made it clear as day that she was going to get involved in the match. And lo and behold, she did um, cause the distraction on Bianca. Banks got the win. And then I think it must be in Charlotte's contract that she has to stand tall every women's segment. So she came out and big booted Banks and Belair and stood tall with her title in the middle of the ring. And Becky got on the commentary table with her title. And they went, we've got two champions on SmackDown. And that was the show. Yeah, I was really looking forward to like a legendary feud between Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. Mm -hmm. And we're not getting it. And we don't, we don't uh know what happened with Sasha Banks at SummerSlam. Like that hasn't come out yet. Yeah. So fair play to that. That's fine. But it does disappoint me that this is the WrestleMania rematch. It's just it's a nothing match that I won't remember in a few days' time with a lame finish and Michael Cole just being an absolute jackass on commentary the entire time. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. It's fine. Like, the match itself was fine, but if this was the huge rematch on a pay-per-view, I think that would have been pushed a lot harder considering what their first mm-hmm. match was. Yeah, for sure. Um, I've also seen someone in the chat just real quick I just wanted to bring up. Uh, fixing the issue of how the draft works requires an authority acting as a character, which we collect to decide if we don't want. I disagree. I don't think we need an authority figure at all. It's just transparency. It's just actually knowing how the format works and actually, like, having designated draft pools so that the fans aren't left questioning what's happening here. Mm-hmm. Because, as the reports came out, as I mentioned in the edited review today, they they didn't even know the format as of Thursday. They didn't even know the format of their own draft by Thursday. And it just requires more thought in advance. So everyone knows the rules. You can write promos and stories surrounding the rules, and nothing gets confused. That was it. Yeah. It was just that they're conflicting their own ideas through this, and it's just not enough thought put into it, but that's it. And I don't I don't really understand that line of thinking anyway, because, like, oh, you would need to have an authority figure act as a character, which we don't want. I mean, it's like, but they do that anyway. Like, they have Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville just being who they are. They're characters. They're authority figures. So why are we just not 
having them explain things this one time. I don't know. Also, some movies don't go into the level of detail you want from a wrestling show. You should demand that level of detail from a movie. A movie should make sense. Yeah. I'm sorry, but, but like, I'm sorry, but it, if if you really enjoy stuff like, I'm trying to give an example here, something like Transformers, completely just shut off your brain. It's explosions. Maybe it's fun, right? That's that's WWE, and some people really enjoy that. I don't. I hate that. I want stuff to make sense, and I want stuff to actually have substance to it. I hate superficial, just nonsense stuff, right? Damn. WWE is Transformers is not a take that I thought I was going to hear today, but it, yeah, you're not wrong. It checks out, right? Yeah, comparing comparing WWE to bad movies and saying, like, oh, bad movies don't have the detail that you're watching. Okay, well, that yeah. those are bad movies. WWE's this is a bad movie. Bad wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> so. just turn your brain off, guys. Just turn your brain off and don't think about it. That's all I'm yeah. asking. God. Anyway, um, overall in this show, the two of the matches were fine, but one had a bad finish that I didn't like. I'm left with more question marks. Superficially, again, completely superficially. Fun. Drafts are exciting and hearing names are fun. But you think about it for two seconds, everything falls apart. You don't understand the rules. It's all stupid. I gave it a two out of five. Yeah. I wanted this to be a really fun show, and I just didn't mm. have fun watching this show. You know, I no. think this is a two out of five. And I saw a lot of these draft picks not really make sense. A lot of them are a waste of time anyway. And the whole draft thing just wasn't engaging to me. On top of that, we got like 15 minutes collectively of, of actual wrestling on this two-hour show, which we got in the first 20 minutes of Dynamite. Or not Dynamite, of mm. Rampage. So, yeah. Yeah. Here's what it is. Um, also, I've seen some people comparing WWE to Fast and Furious. I would argue that Raw in the last few weeks has been Fast and Furious. It's just big stuff, matches, ah, cage match. Triple threat, bloodline, new day, yeah. ah, throw everything. That's superficial nonsense fun that you can actually buy into because it's fun. None of this show was very fun. Apart from yeah. like the multi man tag. That's about it. Right? It's like this Transformers is, 4 when it's super long yes, and boring. <laughs> it's super long and boring. And there was just nothing of substance at all. Right? Yeah. Is, yeah. Um, for the poll that we put on the community tab, uh, 55% of people voted for a 3 out of 5 show, 15% went one lower with a 2, 14% said a 4 out of 5, 10% said a 1 out of 5, and 6% went with that 5 out of 5. So it seems to be, yeah, pretty much solidly in that kind of middle bracket. Um, but yeah, that's what you guys thought. I had a fun thing today, Tempest. I had a fun thing today, which What's I thought I was going to... I, I was going to have to bring up by myself because I didn't know if you were going to turn up at some point today. <laughs> um, but coincidentally, I already had this planned. Uh, I've, I've seen some very funny comments um, lately on the on the, on the Wrestle Talk channels because a lot of people really don't like the fact that I don't like Joe Gacy, right? And his stupid gimmick from NXT that's actually offensive in some regards and all that stuff. So I've been getting some very, very funny comments uh, from like the editor review on the news today. And I've just got a couple. I'm not going to put anyone's names on here. Don't want anyone to get attacked or anything. I just think they're very funny, and we're going to have a laugh at them. This this guy's reviews are just bland and says a lot about his pretentious IQ. Your pretentious IQ. What does not that mean? You, not a pretentious guy with an IQ. Your IQ itself is pretentious. What does it mean <laughs> to have a pretentious IQ? 
That's what I, I don't. Got a clue. That's, what I, that's what I don't get. I'm very confused by it. Uh, this guy's sucks. What a crybaby. <laughs> I just unsubscribe. Wait, unsubscribe. Unsubscribe. Yep. It wouldn't Ooh. be a negative comment without mm -hmm. terrible grammar. Of course, yeah. That's just how it goes, right? Yeah. Uh, got a few more here. Pete, do that E big can go on both sides anytime because he is champion. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think they're trying to say that Biggie can go between both brands because he's a champion, and that's not the way it works. But sure, yeah, if, if that's what you want to go with. I thought that was very funny. I just like the uh at the end. It was great. Uh, well, before the this one was just very funny to me. Before the call up, everyone hated Hit Row, and that and all of them sudden, they're the wrong there. The best part of NXT. Another AEW fan. Delusional BS. You're pulling here, dude. We've been nothing but hyping Hit Row since they've debuted and talking about how amazing they are. Who's been hating Hit Row? <laughs> Even just in general, who hates? Hit row, like not even us or Wrestle Talk folk or whatever. Like, Hit Row has been pretty universally loved yeah, by totally. everyone. Yeah, it's wild. Um, I've got one more, which has nothing to do with me, but just a hilarious comment we had on a community tab post. I think this might be my new favorite comment on the entirety of YouTube. Uh, which was on a community set post hyping we had the fantasy draft between Adam and Denise on yesterday's uh, WrestleTalk podcast show. We had a community set post promoting that video. And this was the entirety of the comment. This was the whole comment. Densey. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But, uh, I don't quite know how they came up with, uh, with the names on the draft, but it was like Blompier, Night Raw, and then yeah. uh, Friday Dency SmackDown or something oh, like that. Now, I don't know how they came up with those, but oh well. Dency. Oh god, it's it made me laugh so much. Dency. Should we talk about Rampage? Uh, yes, I think we should. Uh, I did not make any notes on Rampage today, so I'm, I don't know about the order of things, but let's go with it, because I know what kicked off the show, which was Danielson versus uh, Nick Jackson, which gets sure was. It's really fun. Bloody it, amazing, great, this. Great match. Great match, this. Nick Jackson is just so great. He is, isn't it's he? It's just so, he's so great. And he doesn't get to wrestle singles matches very often for obvious reasons. But every time he does, they are just great. And I'm not tired of seeing Brian Danielson wrestle yet. And I don't think I ever will. I don't think I'm ever going to get tired of that. Because he's just fantastic. And he did the Gary Goodridge elbows in this match. And it just made my heart melt. Because that's a classic old school Ring of Honor spot. And he won with the cattle mutilation. And all this just makes me feel so warm and fuzzy inside. And I love it. Yeah. A lot of fun. Nick Jackson's great. And obviously, like you said, he doesn't get to show off his singles caliber too much. But I really liked him here. And I think this was a great choice to go against Danielson. Because Nick Jackson doesn't lose anything by losing. Because he's having a singles match. And he's a tag team guy. So, like... 
doesn't lose anything by, by losing against Danielson here at all. It was great. No, and then after the match, uh, the rest of the elite came out to try and help uh, Nick Jackson, and then Brian Danielson's friends all came out, and you had Adam Cole locked in the snare trap by Jungle Boy, and Kenny Omega ran in and got put in the LaBelle lock, and they both tapped out, and we're building to a rematch, and we're building to the big eight-man tag that's going to be on Dynamite next week, and it was mm-hmm. all very solid booking, very smart, easy booking, and I just i am very excited to see where all this goes. 100%. Um, what was after that? We then got a couple video of video packages. Promises. Yeah, had one Ricky, Ricky Starks. Starks, which was great. Really liked it. Uh, going against Brian Cage it was really, really good. And then he joined. You know, what? I really liked Excalibur and Taz and Commentary just as a duo. Mm-hmm. I thought they did really well in that first match. I thought I really, really liked that that duo. I think they've hit something special with that. And obviously, with the addition of Ricky Starks was still good as well. Enjoyed him on commentary afterwards. Liked his video package, and also liked the CM Punk promo that came after too. Both very, very mm-hmm. good. And I really like that CM Punk's promo felt very off the cuff. It was just him like sitting down and talking. It wasn't a normal like promo style. It was just him saying like, hey, yeah, I'm here in AEW and anyone wants to step up, you know, nap time's always on the menu. It's just him just kind of talking, normal, like conversational, really good stuff. Yeah, I've I've said this before, but there's a few guys in AEW and I think Punk is one. I think Brian is another and I think Christian's another where they don't feel like they're portraying characters. Like, there's a lot of guys on here who's like, Miro is a character. Malachi Black is a character. Punk and Brian and Christian, guys like that, just feel like, I am me. I am just me turned up to 10. And this was an example where he might not have been turned up to 10, but this was just CM Punk cutting a CM Punk promo. And it was just very good. It was very... He hit all the points that he needed to make and put over... Power, uh, powerhouse Hobbs in the process and just did a very good job with all of it. It didn't need to be the crazy unbelievable CM Punk promo but it was just a really solid promo. Yeah, and also, yes, putting over Hobbs as part of his promo was so good. It was it was subtly done. It wasn't shoved down your face. It wasn't just like, Powerhouse Hobbs is a future world champion. It, everyone, <laughs> he's the chosen one. You know, it wasn't anything to do with that. It was literally just being like, yeah, I, you know, I just survived against Hobbs. I think that really the thing that uh, divided us was experience. Um, you know, he's a very great competitor, but I think, uh, you know, I just managed to sneak in the GTS just at the right time. He got distracted and maybe, you know, maybe he'll get, he'll get better at that in the future. And I was like, this just feels real. And it feels so believable for someone like Hobbs to be an, an experienced wrestler. And it's CM Punk, who's a very experienced wrestler. It just... All the story elements just make sense. It was just perfect. It was great. Yeah, good stuff. Um, yeah, great stuff. Uh, after that, we got um, the triple threat, I believe, of Nyla Rose versus Thunder Rosa versus Jade Cargill. And uh, this was a lot of fun. This was yeah, got a bit more hardcore, as you mentioned in your editor review. A bit more hardcore than I think both of us expected. Really good table spot from uh, Thunder Rosa powerbombing Nyla Rose off the apron. And not like Thunder Rosa was standing on the floor and... Nyla Rose was standing on the apron. No, Thunder Rosa was standing on the apron and powerbomb Nyla Rose <laughs> off that through a table on the outside, which is awesome. Um, and uh, yeah, but Jade Cargill managed to, to take advantage of that basically while Thunder Rosa was trying to get her back in the ring uh, and just bashed her with a chair a bunch of times and then pinned her in one. Yeah. Good. I said in my, uh, my edited review, I just quite like this finish of just, I'm going to beat you to death with a, an object and then win. You know, yeah. like I've seen it a few times, like with The Rock and Steve Austin at WrestleMania 17, where I just like that finish. Because yeah. if you get hit with a chair like 10 times in a row, you probably won't get up. Yeah. 
I, yeah, I, I, they, I like the fact that they put over weapon spots. Like repeated weapon spots will will hurt you. They even had it recently with um, you know, with Eddie Kingston doing the kendo stick on the on the trash can kind of thing. That was the finish to to that match. So yeah, I I, I also really enjoyed this finish. I thought that everyone looked good coming out of this match as well. Good stuff. Liked yeah. it. I, I have to imagine this will be a big moment for Jade as far as mm. like climbing up and getting an opportunity to do something. I yeah. kind of thought that this might have been the time for like Thunder Rosa to become number one contender for the next pay-per-view or something. But even if that's not, because I think Thunder Rosa is going to beat Britt Baker for the title eventually, like that's yeah. who's going to be the next person. Mm-hmm. But uh, if Jade is is before her in line, that'll be pretty neat. I'm excited to see her get like the big opportunity to have a great match with an established star and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to that. She should be great. I would say I would have preferred this be the main event, but I understand why they went the final shots of the show. I understand why they wanted to book that main event to have that final shot, which we'll get to in a minute, but I would have preferred having the women main event women's main events they they need more of them in aew they need them to be taken a bit more seriously they need to book their women's division better and that's a good step into doing so it's giving them more main event spots but that's just me um then after that do we have some more promos or did we just go straight to the main event i forget we had uh, malachi black basically yes, we saying did. that he, he's broken up the nightmare family he's like basically said that he's kind of done with with all that but uh I don't know. I don't think he's really done with all that. I don't think he's done with all that either. Um, but I'm hoping that he can at least wrestle some other people yeah. and then go back to have another match with Cody or whatever's going to happen with that story. Hopefully he can do some other stuff first. Um, and then um, after that, then we got the main event, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. Cool. Uh, which was, yeah, uh, Orange Cassidy versus Jack Evans in a hair versus hair match that Matt Hardy had booked. Um Jack Evans into kind of against his will. Uh, fun little match, nothing too special, but it was fun. A um, couple good spots in it that are going to be kind of memorable. You know, the 450 off the apron onto the floor was really good. Uh, all of the guys coming out to try and protect each side. Hardy Family Office coming out one side, Dark Order and Best Friends coming out the other, Yuta Wheeler and stuff like that. Good fun. Uh, and Orange Hinch hits the Orange Punch and wins. Uh, and Jack Evans has to have his head shaved. Then they have the big ending spot. Everyone hugging negative one. That's wholesome. Yeah. yeah. Wholesome content yeah. like that. Yeah. It was cool. You know, the, again, they, they seem to like to go in like descending order of importance of matches on rampage. And I don't know that I would do that personally. Mm-hmm. You know, they seem to open with the strongest match, then go to the next one, then go to the main event and I would have switched the women's match and this match in the main event. Like you said, I understand why they didn't do that because they wanted the final shot with negative one. And I get that. That's cool. But I think this would have been a really good spot for that women's triple threat match. And this match was fine. I just think it was like the thing that people cared about the least on this show. And it was also the least like engaging match because this is like a very solid mid-card feud, the Orange Cassidy and Matt Hardy thing, which I'm kind of ready to be done with. I'm ready for them to just shave Matt Hardy's head and then move on to something else. Yeah. So, yeah, all in all, I, like, I thought the, the main event was like, it was fine. It just wasn't my favorite thing on the show. You know, overall, I still give the show like a four out of five because the opening mm. match and the second match were both really good. 
But and it's an hour yeah. show, which just helps it so much. With so much more wrestling than SmackDown. Mm. Yeah, it's what it is. Um, but it was good. And also on that show, we got the announcement of the casino ladder match uh, where we have... Smoke. Okay, let's see if I can remember the competitors here. So we've got Pac and Andrade. We've yep. got Moxley, Lance Archer, Orange Cassidy, and Matt Hardy. Yep. That's a wow. hell of a lineup right there. Um, it sure is. Personally... I would have put Miro in it. Absolutely. Because, goddamn, I think he needs something to make him feel super important after losing the TNT title, giving him this thing. It's just like, okay, we recognize that he's been a super dominant champion as a TNT champion, and now we're going to give him a, a, a shot at the at the top title. I would have much preferred him be in this match. Even if he's not going to win, it's a six-person ladder match. You can be totally protected and defeat in this one. I just think it would have suited the match a bit better. <clears throat> A bit better, God. Don't know why I couldn't say that. And uh, <laughs> I'm I'm not too keen on seeing Matt Hardy. I understand the historical significance of Matt Hardy in a ladder match, but I'm not too keen on seeing Matt Hardy wrestle that much lately. I'll be honest. Eh, you know, it's it's fine. Yeah, like I don't have that much of a problem with Matt Hardy being in there. You know, like I just uh, I don't have a problem with it, but I think that spot could have been used better like mm -hmm. if, in, if instead of we got uh matt hardy and orange cassidy if we got miro and malachi black in this oh, match, like that would have been like an all-time ladder match lineup because yeah, i yeah that would have been insane i think the joker's going to be hangman page yeah that's just if i had to put money on it that would be my guess yeah but man that would be a really strong seven person lineup because when they announced the first four they did the first four and then the two guys after the main event. But if they did the first four, I was like, oh my god, this ladder match is stacked. And then they did the last two and I was like, okay, yeah. still It's still stacked, but the, the first four were like, oh my god. And then the last two were like, okay. If they did all six were like that caliber of name, I would have been super duper impressed. God, Miro and Malachi in there would have been absolutely insane. And you know what? To be fair... If they'd have put Miro and Malachi in there, I'd be like, why are you doing this on TV? <laughs> like, yeah. you can't say this lineup for something special. Don't give me ad breaks in, during this match. God. Um, but yeah, no, I, I thought it was a very good show. Four out of five for me as well. Let's get into uh, the rest of your Ultra Chats here. Uh, we've got no Patreon shouts today, as it is the start of the month. We'll be starting those up again on Tuesday. Um, so, uh, last chance to get those in at russeltalk.com forward slash support. Uh, Eternal Blue says, uh, I can't see how anybody gives this a th on SmackDown, this is. I can't see how anybody gives this a three out of five, other than that they've been mentally drained by WWE, that they just don't care anymore. I know I don't. Enough to not watch for the past three years, roughly. Maybe let Pete do Rampage. He deserves to be happy with wrestling. Thank no, you. But I do Rampage. <laughs> yeah, but also we can give Tempest Rampage. That's fine. Uh, S. Morgan says, uh, I was hoping it was Mad Cat. That's spelled M-A-D-K-A-T. Uh, and they'll put him in a tag team with Bearcat and call them the SWAT Cats. And Rampage is becoming my favorite part of Saturday mornings. Shame it's only for 30 seconds. <laughs> Feels like 30 seconds, doesn't it? God, it flies by. 
It's uh, amazing what happens when the show is good, how fast it moves. And I cannot put over enough that there was more wrestling in the first match on this show than all of SmackDown. Like, you can you can like whichever show more, but for someone who likes wrestling, I would have watched the first 20 minutes of Rampage before I would ever watch SmackDown again. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Robert Walsh says, couple things. Well, excuse me, well, a lot of things. First, uh, is the draft the way for them to split AJ and Omos? Uh, second, have you seen the video showing someone cutting the ropes at Extreme Rules? Uh, second part first, yes, I did watch that video. And you know what? Credit to them. That's a very cool way to do it. Like, not a lot of people spotted it, and it's only come out like a week later via a fan video and only just sort of making out what happened. I think they did a pretty good job. If that's the spot they were going to... So I think it's a dumb spot. But in terms of actual execution of doing the spot right, I think that's a very smart move to do it. A, a cameraman doing it, that's a, that's a smart move. That was very well done. Um... But uh, is a draft away for them to split AJ and Omos? Be very stupid if they did, because they could just draft them as a tag team. So it wouldn't make any sense to draft one of them and not the other. Yeah. yeah they could. Like that, that, was, that was another thing on this show, where it's like, you, in theory, could just draft the New Day as mm -hmm. a trio and get yeah. that. You get two more people for the price of one pick. Yeah. And like, I can't remember whether I said this before you joined or not. I can't remember. But if the theory is. Biggie's the WWE champion, so your ch your champion has to be drafted as like a single pick. Hit Row has the North American champion in it; they got drafted as a faction. So what's the rules? <laughs> uh, uh, never defended that title. No, never even wrestled um, a singles match after winning it. Not once. I mean, he's bad. I mean, the changes are going to come into effect after Crown Jewel, so he's got a chance to face Santos Escobar and lose now, because he's going to have to lose, right? Sick. Anyway, Travis Griffin says, Carmelo's mask reminds me of a C-level horror slasher villain in a cheerleader slash babysitter horror movie. Aww. It's very specific. Works, though, doesn't it? It God. does. Yeah. Uh, Dorks of Wrestling says, uh, Hey guys, did you notice when Brock was beating up the Usos, Roman explicitly said, Don't touch Jay, but he said nothing when Jimmy got F5'd. I guess we all know who Roman prefers. Nice detail, IMO. Rampage was super fun. Jam that jam and LIW for life. Uh, I did not notice that, I'll be honest. I did not either. I might go back and check that out just to see it for, for myself, but mm. I do like the occasional throwing in details of uh, the Usos' relationships with Roman still, because that's still not the focus right now. Right now it's Roman and Paul. But yeah. I like that they haven't forgotten that stuff. Yeah, that's good. Uh, the legit underboss says, I prefer the old draft when they use the lottery tumbler so that in kayfabe it was random. Also, Daniel and David are the shoot names for FTR because they live in the same city in North Carolina. Yeah, we mentioned that on the show. Uh, but yeah, I, I prefer either, yeah, make it random or have authority figures. You need one or the other, I think. Or the just be clear with your bloody rules, all right? Yeah. That's what you just have it take place on one night. Yeah. You know, stretching it across two nights. So it's like, well, we have to save more important picks for the second night. I was just like, uh, I don't like this format very no. much. <laughs> no, me neither. Ben Crossley says, if WWE is bad movies, does that mean that Vince is wrestling's Michael Bay? Yes. That's yeah. exactly what he is. 100%. Like, that, that's a perfect analogy. It's a guy who's put purely superficial, like explosions, just just does stuff for money, 
It's the perfect analogy. Goodness me. Um, the, legit, the legit underboss again says, uh, my picks for the Joker is Hangman, Jonah Rock, Jay White, or Miro. I wouldn't mind any of those. those for very different fun. reasons. For very different reasons, I wouldn't mind any of those. Yeah. 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 I've seen a lot of people talking about Jay White. I don't really know mm. where that's coming from because a lot of people are saying, I guess nothing's really happened since he showed up at, uh, at Impact a few months mm. ago with him in the Elite. So maybe, but I don't know. I don't know. It, I feel like it would be weird. Would it? No, it wouldn't. I was going to say, would it be weird for, for him to go for the AEW title? But I don't think it would. I think it would work. It'd be a very interesting story if that's what they wanted to do. Yeah. And to have him go against Kenny. Oh. Um, and also for, for those curious, Jonah Rock is Bronson Reed, who uh, in NXT, that was his name beforehand. He seems to be going back to that as well, um, which I would personally like. As you guys know my feelings of Bronson Reed. So, you know, I think he'd be a great addition. Also, yeah, Miro as the Joker would also love that. Just yep. everyone is out there. And then Miro comes out and everyone goes, oh, bollocks. No. <laughs> oh, oh <no>. bother. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm assuming that's supposed to be Jeremy Bracken, but it's come through on the document as Eremy Bracken. Uh, Big Papa Pete bringing absolute prestige to the jam, that championship. Whoever his next challenger is stands no chance in hell. L-I-W-4 or 4 life. Uh, my next challenger, as we confirmed on the uh, podcast episode yesterday, is going to be Adam, uh, as he just beat Denise in the poll uh, for the fantasy draft. Uh, so he'll be challenging me at Crown Jewel. However, I won't be at Crown Jewel, so I'm going to have my manservant, Ollie, represent me instead on the stream itself. But don't worry, I'm going to send in my picks. I'm not going to have Ollie do my picks, because otherwise I would lose the title, which isn't going to happen. Uh, and if if I retain at Crown Jewel, by the way, I become the longest reigning jam that champion ever. Just saying. Hoorah! Yeah. Uh, Nathan Schultz, in regards to Tempest's absence at the start of this stream, Tempest didn't try to steal Arn's car, did he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I would never be so foolish. Mm -mm. You'll catch the Glock, the Glock Anderson. Yep. Um, Charles Berg says, uh, how does WWE make things that should be fun feel meandering and boring? You know what isn't boring? This show, Dimension 20. Have you seen it, Pete? It's right up your alley, I think. Anyways, take care. Hope everybody has a good Saturday. I have seen clips of Dimension 20. I haven't watched it myself, just because I have so many things I need to watch. And Dimension 20 is on the to-watch list, but I don't know where on the list it is at this point. I do plan on watching it at some point, though, because I really like uh, Brennan, Brennan Lee Mulligan. I think he's fantastic. So, yeah, definitely on the on the to-watch list. Um, I believe that is it for the Ultra Chats today. A little bit of a bumper episode. Maybe we should just expect it to be this length when we talk about Rampage as well. Who knows? Um, but thank you very much, everyone, for coming out for this episode for, of the SmackDown and Rampage podcast. Really do appreciate it. If you're watching on Catch Up, please press the videos that have just appeared on the screen to catch up with more awesome WrestleTalk podcast content and the button in the middle that will make you become a pledge hammer over on our Patreon page. Loads of bonus content on our Patreon. Go check it out. Clean WrestleTalk After Dark that went up just a few days ago. Go check that out. Featuring both of us and more. So, Tempest, a fun story, not a fun story, but a story. I always feel like 
when people always have like these wild stories of being like this crazy stuff happened to me in my life and then there was this thing and this thing happened and like all this crazy stuff happened i, I don't have any of those kind of stories right until the other day right where i was hanging out with a friend and uh she then got a call from her family to be like hey because they her family are moving out soon so a bunch of their stuff they were selling and they were picking up some other stuff and blah 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 blah. they called her to just be like can you come over because they have a kid that's asleep and needs watching because they need to go out and pick up some furniture also a guy is coming up to pick up like the sound system that they've sold on ebay a uh, guy's coming around to pick that up so if you can come around and like house sit so you can watch the the kid that's sleeping her niece and uh, you can hand over the the stereo system to this guy when he comes over. Uh, yeah, sure, not a problem. So we both went over and house sat for a bit. Uh, the guy turned up, seemed to be nice enough. But for for whatever reason, eBay wasn't working. Um, he had to pay cash um, because eBay literally wasn't letting him pay, and he was showing us on his phone like, "Look, it literally won't let me pay." But I've got the cash for it. No worries. Here you go. Took the sound system. All good. Not a problem. Um, and then they came back with their furniture they were picking up later. All good. We went back home, chilled out. Good times. Um, the following day, she gets a call from her family being like, uh, can you give a description of the guy that you handed the, uh, the stereo system to? There's a police officer here. And we're like, huh? <laughs> Gave a description of the guy. And uh, we got an explanation afterwards. Um, apparently, there was a whole like argument with the guy that kicked off after we left yesterday. Uh, because apparently one of the buttons on the stereo system like wasn't working or was missing or something. Um, you have the controller for it, which means you can still control everything totally fine, but in terms of the actual buttons on the system itself, like one of the buttons was missing or wasn't working or something. Um, so the guy had kicked off over the phone and had threatened to come back to the house and burn it down, is what he had threatened to do. Um, so they had called the police to be like, hey, this guy's literally threatening to burn our house to the ground over a button not working on a on a stereo system. And as it turns out, with the description of the guy and the guy's profile on eBay and stuff, turns out the guy's actually got a criminal record for arson. Oh so dear. Yeah. So that I don't think that was an empty threat, which is rad. Uh, Jesus Christ. And, yeah. And it was a bit weird because then I was like, well, we handed the stereo system to that guy. Like, what if he'd spotted then, like, that the button wasn't working or, like, had inspected the thing a bit more thoroughly before he took it away? Like, oh, God. Um, and that's, like, the first kind of story I've had, the first kind of proper um, direct contact with someone who's, like, wanted, I guess, or at least, like, has a criminal record and stuff like that, like a proper criminal record. I'm like, damn. Well, that's, <laughs> that's pretty intense, right? A little uh, bit. So yeah, that was that was a bit weird. After I found out the next day, I was like, I don't know how to feel. <laughs> but at least he paid, I guess. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. It was very strange. But, Good lord. That yeah. seems a tad excessive over mm. a button. Mm. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's just weird. I don't know. It's just really, really strange. Uh, oh, God. Yeah, it threw me through a loop. But anyway. Yeah, um, as you would expect it would. Yeah. I tell you what, though, Tempest. Big news. Big news. Critical Role Campaign 3 is coming back, mate. 
starting on October 21st, which is Crown Jewel Day, but that's not the point. Uh, well, now oh there's really something impressive and exciting yeah. happening on Crown Jewel Day. Exactly, yeah. I'm excited. It's more D&D, although I really need to finish Campaign 1 first. I've still got like 20, 30 episodes of Campaign 1 to watch yet. Goodness, they're all like four hours, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah, Yeah. good luck with that. It's a lot I would content. never get through that. I'm not. I'm not going to finish it by the time it comes out on October 21st. But I'll catch up, damn it, um, and it'll be fine. But I'm, I'm very excited. And now my friends are going back and forth and being like, "Oh man, are we gonna, are we gonna have a watch party for the first episode?" It's like, yeah. When are we gonna do it? Because we can't watch live because it goes on at like 1 a.m. live on that like Thursday night, Friday morning. So we're like, well, it goes up on YouTube the following Monday, so we can watch the following Monday or like sometime during that week. And I'm off that week. I'm off work that week, so I can do any day. I'm I'm so excited, man. This is going to be great. Um, also, more exciting news. Guy, this is just the Pete podcast now. Um, so much excitement. I know. Halloween weekend. I'm going away with some friends. Ooh. Um, going to Brighton uh, with a few friends. I'm just going to stay, have a, have a good time, have a few drinks, chill out. And we realized that everyone going, plus one more, is a player in my D&D campaign. So Ooh. we were like... Well, why don't we play in person, right? So I messaged the one guy who's not a player in my campaign to be like, how would you feel about like making a temporary character and joining for a session? He was like, yeah, no, sounds good. And I was like, I get to play in person with the people I literally, I've never had every single player play in person. We've been playing since 2018 and we've never had all of us play in person for my campaign. I'm, I'm, I'm excited, Tempest. Oh. Just, All chops. It's going to be real fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that you're getting to have that that little thing. I can imagine that that's pretty neat. Yeah. I don't really have anything quite like that to, to compare it no. to in my life, but it sounds very exciting, and I can imagine that'll be really cool. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It should be a good day as well, because I think we're probably just going to drink. It's going to be the main thing. and um, yeah. That's always fun. Drink and play board games. Like, as you do yeah that'll be real good um and the best part is it's uh my mate's house so we don't have to pay for it that's a big free. plus and also fred is gonna drive me there so i just have to pay for a bit of petrol which to be fair in the uk right now it's a big deal but yeah so i've heard just gotta pay for a bit of petrol and it's all good this is, what a cheap getaway i love it I was expecting to pay like, you know, 200 pounds or something. Go to like an Airbnb, get a train or something. But nah, oh, super cheap. Love it. I'm so excited. October is going to be a good month. But October usually is a good month, I find. Mm. It's birthday central in my my house. Oh, nice. How many birthdays a... are there? Well, since you asked, mm. in, my, in my family this month, it's my mom's birthday on the 9th, mm-hmm. my birthday on the 10th, my sister's <laughs> birthday on the 27th. My grandmother's birthday on the 23rd. My brother's birthday on the 14th. Uh, it was my grandfather's birthday on the 23rd before he passed away. So it was just like, this was the month of birthdays. Mm. Yeah. And then I also have like six friends who all have birthdays in October. So <laughs> it's a lot. This just is anytime I see someone, we're celebrating a birthday. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, for for to to hop on that, it's my nephew's birthday today, uh, and it's my brother's birthday on the sixth, uh, and it's 
Oh no, I forgot his family's <laughs> birthdays. Uh, it's my niece's birthday on November the 3rd, so that's kind of close. So is it, or is it 4th? I forgot my niece's birthday. I'm a terrible person. Uh, that's They're babies, they're new. I don't, I don't have those dates ingrained in my head yet. Leave me alone, don't judge me. Um, anyway, uh, I, I don't have anything else going on right now i'm just very busy with work i've got one day off tomorrow and then i'm doing another six days next week because ollie is on holiday selfish what kind of a manservant takes a holiday i know right i think he's just scared right. he's run he, he's run away that's what it is he's just a coward um but yeah so i, I did i did my, my 10 days previously it was going to be 12 days but then we realized oh yeah i'd actually taken friday the first off so i was actually off work yesterday which was nice so i only worked 10 days in rome instead of 12 so then I got, yeah, had Friday off, working today, off tomorrow, then I do my six days next week because it's so on Monday. So there's four of us that do that are part of the the news team, the presenting news team, which is Ollie, Luke, me, and Laurie. Right? Adam doesn't do it, you don't do it, but obviously you help write scripts and stuff, but you don't actually present the the news parts. Um, and three of them are on holiday on Monday, and I don't work Mondays. So technically zero of the team are around on monday which means by default i'm around on monday <laughs> so i'm gonna be doing the news <laughs> which is funny just, how that works out yeah terrible planning uh on our part how selfish of luke to have a baby am i right honestly God. who does yeah. he think he is i know some sort of dad or something crazy uh ollie going on holiday and laurie not being available god what is this company come to, Tempest? It's terrible. Now I have to work one extra day. Ugh. Inconceivable. This, this company. Am I right? <laughs> this company. <laughs> just for clarity's sake, just wanna just wanna clear this up there. I love this job, love this company. <laughs> I don't actually hate it. Just for clarity's sake, I know people are kind of dumb when it comes to this stuff and don't know sarcasm when they hear it. Uh, anyway, that is going to do it for this episode of the WrestleTalk Podcast. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. And uh, we'll be back soon with more content. Stay safe. We love you. Goodbye, LIW for life. Bye, 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 bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 